What's good, Changed Up Now What Nation? Man, this is the last Monday, the last episode of 2020. We have made it. We have been on fire the whole time. But let me tell y'all something. You know, Coach T got a little song for you. Like to hear? Here it go. I don't know what you heard about me. Poverty can't get a dollar out of me. The Cadillacs, the perms you can't see. That I'm a certified PMP. <laughs> yes, today I have the pleasure of sitting with Magdalene Harvey. She's also known as the Project Queen. This is one of those Proverbs 31 type of women because she's not just sitting around, as Al Bundy would say, eating bun buns all day. She literally, check my language, projectifies everything she commits to. Let's welcome my girl, Magdalene Harvey. Right. Hey, Mag, how are you doing today? I am blessed. How are you? I am doing great. I'm so happy to have you on today. I'm just happy to have you here today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to be on, honored for the opportunity to just have a conversation with Girlfriend Talk, right? Yes, ma'am. They are going to listen in and they're going to get an earful and some value today for sure. Um, so let's just hop right on into the interview. Um what did you do before becoming a project manager? That's a very interesting question because, you know, I take project management pretty much as a way of life and I teach people how to connect the dots and everything that you do. So honestly, in terms of destiny and purpose, I feel like I was born a project manager, but very mm -hmm. early on in my career, I worked at Popeye's, Popeye's Chicken. I started out as a cashier, mm. I started out as a person that you know, basically learned um, fast food. The good thing about it, it was an in-demand because I live in Louisiana. It's like the in-demand thing. Mm -hmm. So it's a pastime. Every Monday, people buy red beans. That's what we do in tradition in Louisiana. It's a Catholic tradition, to be honest. And yes. um, it's a must for the staple chicken, you know, Sundays and Mondays that uh, family. So we were in high demand. Um, and we were high demand stores. So one of the things that I learned being very young early on is management anticipated an influx of customers. So they had a way to deal with, you know, fast delivery that wouldn't be the norm, mm -hmm. but it would be the norm to handle that, that huge crowd. So people knew I could rely on Popeye's to get my food and get it fast, even though there's a lot of people and there's a huge demand. So I learned crowd control at an early age. <laughs> yes. um, I learned how to take an order, uh, remain good for the customer. And then I learned the back end of operations, how, you know, sometimes you got to get on people for them to do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, keep things, keep it, uh, patch them back up so they can keep their honor, keep coming, keep coming back, keep doing what they need to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I learned that very early on. Um, I also uh, was very, uh, at the age of 12, uh, very intuitive and very administrative, if that's a word. Mm -hmm. um, in a sense, um, attending the church that we attend, we had missions and there was some older ladies that sort of took me under their wing like this young girl gets it. Well, you know what? We're going to show you how to take minutes. We're going to show you how to take minutes. We're going to show you how to be attentive, how to pay attention to what's happening in the meeting, capture what's relevant and important so we can keep up with what needs to get done. And then once, you know, we move into future, hold people accountable with what needs to get done. We need somebody that's able to track that. And that's really the bulk of project management. Mm -hmm. And I learned that at 12, sitting in a mission meeting um, mm -hmm. with the, the elderly ladies teaching me how to take minutes and pay attention to what needs to be done, how to keep them on track. Mm -hmm. And it's um, unbiased. So, <laughs> wow. Very, you know, and that's amazing you say that. I quote Tyler Perry all the time on my show because I look up to him and I used to study everything about him from his mannerisms to how he made it. And one of the things he said was similar to what you just said. Every job he had, which was a lot in the beginning, taught him how everything that he knows today it taught him how to manage his own brand even the shiny shoes 
and even I think he was selling cars. It taught him how to ma how to manage his own contracts and how to be humble. Like so, that's amazing that um, you had a chance to not only work and make some extra money at Popeyes, but you also was able to kind of learn the ins and outs of the operation. So that's good. But with everything that you did learn, what was it that finally made you decide to quit the workforce and pursue entrepreneurship? So I've considered myself, I've always had what most people call a side hustle. Hmm. I am a firm believer in monetizing your gifts. And once you're clear that you're good at doing it and people are willing to pay you for it, putting that customer service piece in there, making sure that whatever you are offering, people want it. Um, so I've always been doing that concurrently <laughs> mm. with a job. Mm -hmm. So, and I probably shouldn't make this public, but when I worked at Popeye's, I literally started a business while working there. Wow. And I, I'll never forget one of my bosses uh, she had a lot of kids, very, very busy. God bless her soul. May she rest in peace. She's gone. But she would cook her family dinner while she was at work. Mm -hmm. And she would literally bring her pots, pans, you know, and prepare her little meal, use the oven, bake her stuff and take it home. And I remember a customer coming in saying, I smell macaroni and cheese. You guys got macaroni and cheese back there? Y'all sell, sell macaroni and cheese? <laughs> and I, you know, <laughs> And she would do it so often. And I remember being in the back and I said, if somebody, if I was ever at that register, if somebody ever asked me about macaroni and cheese <laughs> or whatever they smell, because she would always cook her family dinner at work, I am going to sell it. Wow. And I kid you not, one day we were counting down the register and a customer said, I smell mac. Now I know mac and cheese oh, when I goodness. smell It's a <laughs> mac and cheese back there. You know, and she was like, Y'all sell mac and cheese? I said, yes. And my boss was was covering my mouth and I moved her hand. I said, yes, ma'am. What size would you want? Small, medium, or large? What? And she said, what size she wanted? I literally got the, the cup from Popeye's, put it in there, and I scooped out of her, um, you know, scooped out of her, her family dinner. Oh, my God. And we saw that. And, um... I said, would you, because she had meatloaf. I said, would you like some meatloaf to go with it? <laughs> meatloaf, yes. So we literally had like a, and I told her, and, and guys, okay, I'm every bit of 15 years old. All right. Mm. So of course I wouldn't no get in trouble, but I told her, I was like, look, you cooking like this? And we were in the same shopping center as a Piggly Wiggly. I said, you need to go buy some more macaroni and cheese over there and just make some for your family. <laughs> but right now we're about to sell this whole pan of mac and cheese. Because the person behind was like, yeah, I want to get that too. I was like, now this is a secret menu. Mm. And every time she cooked whatever she was cooking, we had that little side menu. And I literally, I used to work, um, I used to, <laughs> I was taken under my wing by this lady that owned this place called Pages Typing and Copy Center. It's very similar to a Kinko's. And they typeset, uh, you know, you could borrow computers, you come in and use the computer, mm -hmm. you come in and print out whatever. I worked for her, so I knew how to typeset programs. I knew how to, you know, make business cards, all of this different stuff. I created many. I said, girl, what's your dinner today? What you cooking? Oh, my goodness, Magdalene. I can't believe you making me do this. And she would tell me what she was cooking. I made a menu for it. I put a price on it. And she was able to get that money. And what she ended up doing was split the money with me. Oh, wow. She's like, I wouldn't even have this business, Meg, had it not been for you. And that spawned her into creating a catering business wow. um, any friend that I have that tell me that they have a talent and they're working on something I'll be your first customer I'm so into what you're doing mm -hmm. and I encourage them to start a business and do that so just to kind of give you an idea that has been currently literally with just about almost every role I've had right that I do both I help bring out the gift that's in another person show them how they could monetize it and then help them put the systems and the courage in place so that they can step out and do it. And they run their own businesses. And that's, man, let me tell y'all. So y'all make sure that y'all listening. I'm still stuck on the whole, this lady could smell 
mac and cheese. And I have a great, my, as my great-grandmother called a keen nose. I have a good keen nose. But I don't know if I can smell mac. So it, it had to have been good and very unique um, to have it. I, I, ooh, I wish I knew you back then. That's all I could say. And then they had the a la carte. They had the a la carte. Created an opportunity on the side. That is what I'm talking about. So I was going to ask you, was that when you finally realized that you could actually take on the field? Or when did you like, when did you realize that I am a project manager? When, you know, what's crazy. I, I, at the age of 19, you know, you know how when you're in high school, 18, I'm sorry. But you know how when you're in high school, everybody's always talking about what we're going to do, what we're going to do, what we're mm-hmm. going to do. Yeah. And I remember ninth grade, I got in a job at Popeye's. And, you know, I was one of the things that I, I was in computer science. And we had a computer science instructor. It was a small group of people. And he would, you know, the next year add on because it was only supposed to be like an intro class. But every year he would add on to keep the same students because we had gotten so close and we were all talking about how our wonderful life is going to be when we grow up. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that um, I talked about was, guys, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have this business, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to actually get a job that's going to require you to have a college degree. But I'm going to get the job anyway because of what we were learning in computer science. Mm-hmm. Um, this teacher was also in corporate America and he taught high school and he worked at night in a computer science field. So we were actually doing his work during the day. And this man loved how intriguing we were. So when I took on a job job, like I went and applied for a job that required that you have a college degree. And it required that you had like this, you know, advanced, somewhat, somewhat advanced computer knowledge. I applied. I did not let anything deter me, even though I was in my cement, my first freshman year of college. Just from high school, just talking it up so much, mm-hmm. it became who I was, you know. And my, my ninth, uh, well, I'm saying my ninth grade, but my freshman year in college, I went and I applied for this job and it had a whole long list of all of this uh, credentials that you needed to have. I applied anyway. And I remember sitting down with human resources. I got the interview. Mm. And when I'm sitting in human resources, the lady was reading my resume and she was mesmerized by my resume. And I told you I worked at the, the typing place. I typed resumes all day long for people that had master's degrees. I wrote speeches. You know, I did all this stuff for politicians because that's who, that's where they went to get all their stuff done. So all of that knowledge, it doesn't leave your head. You right. have to stay with it, right? Right. So she's reading my resume and she was like, assistant customers with decisions regarding food purchases. Oh my gosh. I didn't even know Popeye's <laughs> had this. She's like, what exactly did you do again? I said, I just took orders. Mm. <laughs> she was like, I said, I ran the cash register. But the way I had it worded, right. she was mesmerized by it. And she said, you know what? You're hired. She said, <laughs> she was like, I'm just taken back by this resume, how it seems that what you did was so complex, but yet the job was simple, but you were able to articulate it in writing. And that's what we need. We need somebody that's good with writing. We need someone that has critical thinking skills. And I said, you got her. You know, so I get hired. Wow. Got the job. When I was trained on what to do, I excelled at that. And I remember uh, there was a merger with our company and the big wigs came from up north to Louisiana. And one of the things that they said, they were asking questions, you know, kind of talking through, doing observations. And after about two weeks, they said, hey, we'd like you to come into this meeting. I'm meeting with the execs now. They're the ones that's running the organization. And they said, we've observed you. You're extremely intuitive. Every test we've given you, you've passed. So here I am, not even knowing I have a test. (laughs) Every test we've given you, you've passed. And we want you to do some benchmarking. We want you to to do some benchmarking against XYZ company. And we want you to go to LSU. We want you to do this research and tell us what you come back with in the next two days. So they gave, I was so excited. Okay, doing this, doing this. And not knowing it was a test as well. And they said, okay, we're going to put you in 
an executive MBA. It was basically a live MBA program on the job where they teach and train you on an executive level, pull the curtain back. This is how the organization runs. And we're going to teach you everything. And you have 100% support because we're going to transform this organization. Wow. And having buy-in like that from executives, them realizing the gift that's on it, my ability to be administrative that I learned at the age of 12, my ability to typeset and to learn how to take anything written and put it in a format where it's understandable to whoever needs to read it. Because if I needed to make it executive, I realized how to do that. If I needed to make it a very, very detailed for my manager to see it, I needed, I knew how to do that. If I needed to write, if I needed to take what my boss said or, you know, re, 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 um, configure it so that the team knew what to do. That was yeah. another thing that I learned how to do. I learned how to take direction, but not be a parakeet. You know, yeah, I hate that parakeet mentality because a lot of people say, oh, executive said this, this, this. I need to be able to translate what they said from a vision yes. perspective into action. And I was able to do that. And that was the test that supposedly I had that I didn't realize that I was given that let them know you have leadership ability. Mm -hmm. And I was unassuming. So <laughs> that training was absolutely amazing. I was able to, uh, and one of the things that I learned is being vulnerable and transparent yes. is a good way to learn because if I show up authentically in myself and not putting on airs and not pretending to be someone else, people are willing to teach you. And I think my youth had a lot to do with it. They just love the fact that I was just young and, and just ready to learn and gullible in every sense of the, in every sense of the word that I was able to do that. I was willing to make mistakes, admit those mistakes, learn from those mistakes, learn how to, you know, treat people. Um, one of the things that um, that did, it invoked a lot of fear with the tenured employees because mm -hmm. here I am, freshman year college student, right? Right. <laughs> I have the job that I'm going to school to get an education to get. I already had it hmm. <laughs> from that hands-on experience. And crazy. I had hands-on experience. And I remember talking about, you know, when you get into discuss discussions when you're in college class, and I remember college professors in college, you know, telling everybody, this is how it's done. I was like, yeah, and I got experience. Here you go. Here's what I've run into, you know, that kind of thing. And just being able to manage up, you know, being able to manage people that are older than you. Look, being able to manage with your peers who are jealous because of your age and how hard they had to work in the nine degrees they had to get to get in a place where you already are. Right, man. And, and you know, and um, that's a lot. You know, you had a lot of experience beforehand, hands on, up close and personal. And I mean, what kind of skills would you say a person that may or may not have that experience you had, uh, what are a couple of skills that they would need to become a project manager? The number one thing that I tell people is your ability to, for one, comprehend. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the things that I, when I teach project management um, and when I'm coaching project managers, not only do you need to be able to read, hear, and, you know, regurgitate what you hear, but you need to be able to comprehend. You need to hear the voice behind the voice. You need to have some sense of critical thinking to solve whatever problem that that's expected to be solved. I mean, if everybody's in the room complaining about the same thing, where's the problem solved? Right, exactly. I'm the person that listens to all the complaints, tell me more, get more information in terms of what, why is it a problem? Are we just complaining because we're lazy or is it really a problem? You know, getting to being able to, 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 to find root cause and come out with a resolve instead of being an additional complainer. I've also um, learned the ability to influence, persuade, and motivate. I took a job purposely in sales. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and this was this was later in my career because that was a weakness of mine. A weakness of mine was to sell externally, not to okay. sell internally, but to sell externally. So I literally took a job that was commission only once I learned about what that was about mm-hmm. so that I would get paid only if I sold something. And I needed that. I needed to I come from that work environment that I just talked about, you know, where I was taken, I was taken under the wing of leadership and cultivated. I was totally protected um, in terms of incentives and things of that nature. I would get bonuses of a thousand dollars and then they would put on, they paid the taxes on top. So I actually got the thousand. Um, I was, you know, I won dinners to Ruth Chris. I won trips for all of the the great work. Because when I say organizational transformation, um, one of the things that I really learned from the execs is how do you manage through resistance? You know, that was huge. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I even teach my project managers is don't ignore it. Whatever is there, don't ignore. Don't ignore your gut feeling, right? Don't ignore the the information that's coming to you, that's readily coming to you. Not that you're asking for it, that you need to pull and dig, but whatever's readily available to you, pay attention to that. Be able to author content. Be good at what you do too, because people respect you. That's really how you get the respect and honor when you're just good at what you do. You have a good work ethic. You're not the person that sends out the email and retract it because it has errors in it all the time. You're not the person as soon as you come into a meeting, you say you're sorry nine times. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry we're starting early. <laughs> sorry we're starting on time. Right. I'm sorry we have to start on time, but you know, I have another meeting. You sorry for everything? Like quit apologizing. Right. Unapologetically. And that was one of the things that the execs taught me because what was crazy is they were from up north. I am from Louisiana where we're constantly as a just normal way of being. You apologize for everything. You're Southern nice. Uh, women right. are really timid. And they were like, no, we need the lion to come out of you. We need, like, how do you feel about this man? Does this piss you off? You know, like they would really <laughs> do it. I was so grateful for that. You know, and you don't, wow. I don't, I didn't realize when I was in it, I was grateful for the opportunity. So I was all gullible. I was all in it. I was having the time of my life. But post, like now, just recalling what that was, I don't know anyone who I've talked to that have had that experience. I don't know anyone. So I know it was handpicked by God. I know it was a blessing for him. That's why I said, I know I was chosen to be a kingdom project manager at a young age because I've been able to connect those dots. I've been able to literally look at what I got going on and say, okay, I need, I need to be better here. So and, I'm, and I'm telling y'all, it's like, she just like, it, she does it so well. Like I've had the opportunity to sit in her classes and she does it so well. It, it seems as, as if she invented it. Um, I know I'm not stepping on anybody else's expertise, but just you think management is so easy. Like if you're a leader, you have that mindset, you think it's easy. But when you actually learn the strategies behind it, when you actually sit in those classes, it's something. And Speaking of those classes, Mag, like she has a boot camp, you guys. Y'all need to check that out. Whew, it is intense, okay? But she knows it like the back of her hand. And um, like when she tells you not to overcomplicate things and she tells you little things that stick with you, but she also goes into detail for what's needed for you to pass that exam. But with teaching a class, uh, what's the hardest thing about teaching the content and getting it over to them well you know the teaching of the content isn't difficult at all because just like you said I, I know it like the back of my hand but with teaching you know it's it's not about me it's about the individuals that are there and you know from being in my class the biggest thing that I want to make sure that people don't do is shrink yes. I don't allow people to shrink even when you try to shrink even when you try to blame the pen the room (laughs) (laughs) you know the smell 
the homework, you know, whatever. Yo, she it telling is. on me. <laughs> she telling on me, y'all. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about it in general. It's, I know, it's, I know. It's, and it's intentional because I see your brilliance and this 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 yeah. this transformation requires for you to be all in. It requires for you to expose your weakness. It, it requires for you to work on it. It's almost like, you know, if I said, you know, let's do 50 push-ups in 20 minutes. And you can't even pump out 10. Mm. But if you go at it every day and just do, you know, in your mind, make it small. I'm going to do five a day. And when you say you're going to do five a day, when you get stronger, you're going to really do more than five. But you're going to say you're going to do five a day. And then, when you know, the next week, you're going to do 10 a day. But that 10 turns into your 20 because you're working to get better and you're showing up to do it. And that's what I do in terms of teaching. It's the way to learn is accumulated repetition. So when you hear something for the first time and it seems like it's challenging, it's difficult, it's hard. Yeah. Guess what? You do it all day, all the time anyway. This is just the theory behind it. So I don't want you to run behind, run from the theory. I don't want you to run from the advanced way of thinking when it comes to life. And that's really what it is when it comes to just certification in general, because the way to do it, a lot of people sort of comes in and yeah, I do have the experience. And then they want to make their experience the thing. And when they can't make the correlation, they want to shrink. And I'm like, no, 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 right. not going to shrink. It is right. scientifically the way to think about it. And you have that ability to think. And we're just, just going to help you get more cute in terms of that. But to get there, you have to get a discipline that you may not be used to. And that's yes. discipline in your mind. It's discipline yes. your brain. You know, mm-hmm. right before, right when we were in the middle of, you know, getting this connection to do this podcast, I got a text message. I got the call. It kept coming. And then I got the text message. Finally, Meg, I passed. And this was someone who took a whole nother boot camp. It took someone else's class. And what I decided to do was to start study groups. So in addition to me running my own boot camp, in addition to me coaching project managers, I also run a study group. I figure if you have a study group, that's led by an instructor who's passionate about the training. You don't right. have to take my boot camp, but I'm gonna give you what you need to know. And this is literally what happened with this guy. And um, we we've been in, we've been doing a study group for about a year. They've been trying to escape some time. And I'm saying Vegas is a group of them. They try to escape some time, but but one of the things that I do consistency to me is a key to you getting a breakthrough in what you're attempting to do. Consistency, consistency, consistency. Because the way to learn is accumulated repetition. And I stay on them and I don't give up on them. And sometimes when you encourage someone like that and you don't give up on them because you see it, they may not see it in themselves, but you see it in them and you keep telling them that. They're like, you know what? I have to live up to that because this person believes in me enough that they're willing to invest their time and to let me know that. Because another right. thing that people don't do a lot of is letting people know that they see the best in them. Right. And I'm telling y'all, like, when you get into that, you have to, it's so different. Like, don't come in there with a the mindset of, oh, I've been a manager. I've managed a restaurant. I've managed a company before. This is going to be a piece of cake. Come in there with an open mind because some things you're going to have to unlearn in order for you to learn. And you are mm-hmm. going to be consistent and that's, and you, you're going to have to do that. But, and that's what I like about Mag's program is that she also has that, what I call, you know, aftercare as well with the groups. So mm-hmm. it's a great way to keep the content fresh in your head. It's a great way to stay in the zone and to be held accountable. And I don't mean like, I mean, when she, when I say she takes, accountability seriously she does because she just her goal is not just to see you pass the test I mean that's the 
one of the main goals. She's, she's so happy and celebrates each one that messages her about her passing, but she also wants you to keep up the momentum, you know, after the test is over, what's next? Mm -hmm. And so um, it's, a, it's a great program all the way around and she is so passionate about it. Now, yes, I'm very what, excited about that. Exactly. And I know you are and your students. Her students knows that, too. Um, all of them. Now, for someone who may not know, what exactly does PMP stand for? Some people call it PIMP. But what does it really stand for? Uh, that's funny. <laughs> Somebody asked me yesterday, I introduced myself to a whole new group of about 30 people. And they said, what is PMP? I said, I am a certified PIMP. <laughs> I think I say I turn out pimps all day, every day. But PMP yeah. is when you see people with that behind their name, that is a professional, was a project management professional. And they are an individual equivalent to what a CPA is for an accountant. Um, they'll take that exam, they'll be an accountant for years, but then they take the CPA exam and they're a CPA. Uh, it's equivalent to what um uh, a lawyer would take the bar exam and they're totally like official. And this is the same thing when it comes to project management. You can be a project manager, but to take the project management professional exam that is an intense certification that really says, you know what? I'm serious about my profession. I'm serious about my career. I invest mm -hmm. in myself. I have the designation that proves that I am that professional. Got you. And what is what are the steps in becoming certified? Because I would say, uh, well, one would say maybe it's to learn the content, take the test, pass it, and boom. Is that necessarily how it goes? Is it as easy as that? It takes a little more than that because you have to apply to actually take the exam itself. So before you can take the exam itself, you have to prove that you've been a project manager for at least three to five years. Three years, mm -hmm. if you have a college degree in whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a particular degree, just any degree. If you have a college degree, um, you have to prove three years of experience on a project. You do not have to have been a lead project manager, but you need to have been on a project. So what's a project? A project is a temporary endeavor. Anything that goes from idea to reality. That's really mm -hmm. how simple it is, right? So we all can say we have that experience, right? So it's not only uh, relevant to someone actually have held the job title of project management because I have converted school teachers to PMPs that changed their salary from 50,000 a year to 80,000 a year. Um, I've converted um, administrative assistants who are making mm -hmm. $15 an hour, who's now making $75 an hour um, because that admin assistant was a project manager, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it's, and, and what I do is everything is perspective. It's how you see yourself. It's not necessarily, like I said, being able to connect the dots. You have to put value in whatever experience you have. You know, even though I typeset resumes and I typeset speeches and I did PowerPoint presentations, you know, for people, um, that was my job job. That is a skill. I'm able to author content. I'm a great communicator verbally and in writing. You know, like you need to be able to make that relevant to what a real project manager does. They take an right. idea and make it a reality. And I'm glad that you mentioned the salary changes because that was my next question. Um, how did you feel when you got word that one of, when you like when your first client started making six figures by using your strategies and everything oh my gosh that was that was a shouting moment not only for me because I know it works because it worked for me so what I've chosen to do with my life is be transparent about it and share it with others and to share that you're this great magnificent awesome person the very first person was a personal friend of mine who um I could see the talent in him um and when his wife revealed that they were having financial issues and you know what you think we should do and I'm thinking right. wait a minute wait a doggone minute why are you guys <laughs> having financial issues when he knows people saw like you know and then um she was just like what I said I okay I, I I'm, I'm blown away 
by the fact yeah. that I said so. And I had to work through her because when I came, went to him directly, he wasn't trying to hear it. Uh, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get this position. And then when I'm going to work my way up and I'm going to do this for a year and a half. And I'm, and I'm sitting up there looking like that's a bunch of BS. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things, how it worked out, I had a person, another friend of mine that said, man, do you know anybody that knows the software? I need their help. I said, I'm going to get you to the guru. So she had a job offer where she was paid $65 an hour to do what he does. And his mm. salary was less than $30,000 a year. As a, he helped her understand the software to the point where day one, and it was like a three-week lag between her getting a job and starting the job, where day one, she went into the job more technical than a group that was already on it. She was clear on what needed to be done, of course, because she's a project manager and she knows project management skills. And right. when she did, he called me up. Oh my God, Meg, can you believe she makes 60 plus an hour? I was like, no. <laughs> and that was his wake up call. I help somebody else get a job doing what I do. And I know what I'm doing, right? And so I said, are you ready? And he was like, yes. I said, I need you to go and change your LinkedIn profile about, and I want you to change your LinkedIn profile for what you actually do. There are so many people on LinkedIn who have a LinkedIn profile with just the company that they work for and, you know, a little small job description, but not who they are in terms of, you know, you're great at what you do. You're functional, you're administrative, you're technical. You know, you've been doing this for X amount of years. Here's some of the gains you've had in that. So we we changed, had him change his LinkedIn profile, sent him like a, a template of how he needs to wordsmith it because, you know, I do resumes. So I sent that. He updated his profile. Do you know that evening he could not stop the emails and the calls that were coming to him because of that updated profile? What? He has so many hits, so many hits, so many hits. He got a job and he went with the first job offer because of the way of just how he is. <laughs> um, he went the, <laughs> with the first job offer at $55 an hour with one of the mm. top five consulting companies. Mm. Went to work. Fit, uh, imagine he's making less than 30000 a year. And he got a job, 55 an hour. And that's why I call myself the zip code changer and a tax bracket changer. Because literally, that changed their tax bracket. <laughs> that changed yeah, the zip code. Yes it, <laughs> yes, it does. It look, he bought yes, a BMW. <laughs> they moved. I mean, but, and that was just for that. Do you know? And that's a, of course, those are contract roles. Within six months, this was a three-year contract. Within six months, he was rolling off, and he called. He was all, "Oh, I'm rolling off the contract." You know, you didn't change your whole zip code and everything. And now you're rolling off the contract. And I said, what happened? He said, Mag, he did such a great job that everything finished early. And so people were telling him he was crazy. Should I have done that? And I said, yes, you should have done that. Because that was holding you back. You're worth more than 55 an hour. Do you know yeah. the exact next role that he got within two weeks? was $110 an hour. Ooh, double. Over, yeah, double. Wow. Okay. <sighs> so he doubled mm. his hourly rate. What he discovered is his years of experience as a, as a user of a software. And then he really got intrigued with the software and got into the administrative side and then took some classes on his own to learn the software it was how he got really, really, really good and passionate about it. But he still would have stayed where he was had his wife not come to me and I not have that conversation with them that there's another way of being. And that's one thing to I open up the eyes of people that are coming into my class that you get paid well for your gift and the value in terms of the problems you're able to solve. You have to know your value. And right. when you realize your value, unapologetically show up. Exactly. 
Now, this is a this is a personal question, but with all of that, how do you personally balance life as a mom, life at home, and this field? <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> I'm a firm believer in you are where you be. So if I'm working, if I'm on a job, I'm giving it a thousand. And then when I'm home, I'm I'm doing the same thing. I'm giving it a thousand. Um, I don't think anyone has the perfect formula in balance, um, but where I need help, I solicit help. <laughs> we'll put it like that. Like in terms of, you know, domestic work and keeping the place in an orderly uh, fashion, that's one of the things that I outsource because I really need assistance with that. Um, the big thing for me is education when it comes to my children. And I have five children. Big thing for me is education. And I'm big on them not only doing what's required, but taking that thing beyond, you know, critically thinking, moving beyond. It's just a way to be. Because if you could do that now, that's something that no one would ever be able to take from you in the future. And you can always have side hustles and major hustles and help other people just based on being a good thinker, like using the mind mm-hmm. God gave you. Um, so I, the biggest, I, I would say the biggest answer to that question is soliciting help, knowing what help you need and asking for it. I used to have someone come in three days a week to cook for the family and that's not expensive. People think it's expensive. It's not. So when she called, she's, I told her when, when the opportunity presents itself, if she could do me a favor and tell him how much money she's making for what he helped her do. Very early on, you know, daycare fees were high. And my children haven't always, you know, been um, in daycare. But when I decided to, you know, take on another role, then I started needing assistance. Daycare was really high. I had a neighbor that had a nanny. And when my neighbor told me about, you know, how that worked out for her, Eventually, she moved her mom in within two months of our conversation, and her nanny was so available. She had already had a relationship with my children. She came over $350 a week. I had a nanny, someone cooking and cleaning and helping out with the kids. The older kids was in grade school, so they weren't home all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was just, it was great. It was, and it was a win-win situation because that's what she demanded. And of course, there were times we did bonuses. I gave her more, you know, um, and just any type of transport or anything like that. Um, yeah. It was very, very instrumental and helpful there. Uber, I need stock in Uber. <laughs> they have been my friends. <laughs> that changed my life. You hear me? Uber, being able to have the kids part of their, because, you know, I'm a firm believer in whatever your gifts are. That's where we invest our time and money. And each of my children are gifted in different areas. I've had so many people come to me. Oh, there's no way I would have him in basketball, her singing, um, this one running track, and that one playing tennis, and that one doing ballet. There's no way I would do that. Everybody would be doing the same thing. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. I, don't, I don't operate that way. I'm a firm believer in when you respond to your ability it becomes your responsibility. And I introduced them to different things and whatever they, you know, have that natural tendency to go toward, that's where the investment, the time, the money and the energy goes into. And if that's different for each child, because each child, even though they come from the same person, people are different. That's where I invest my, my time and my money. And is that a lot? It is. But again, I solicit help where I needed help. So that's an experience that can never be taken away. It lines up with who she is. It lines up with the gifts and talents that God personally put on the inside of her. While she's doing that, I got another one that's acting, doing commercials, you know, creating her own uh, social media presence. She's an influencer online. People are always asking her to, you know, post stuff for them. She's making yeah. a little money doing that. You know, I have another one that runs track. And when I say she's good, she's good. You know, mm-hmm. and she started that at the age of eight. And every year goes to, you know, the top uh, junior Olympics. <laughs> you know, she's been in, in just about everything. So 
and now she's doing basketball. So that's a little different, um, but it takes that speed that she has, yeah. um, that height and all of that. And then I have another one that's, I think she's a, 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 a knockoff of everybody, the baby. Cause she can sing mm-hmm. dance. We haven't put, we have not had to put a dime into her development because everything that her older siblings know and stuff, they kind of, you know, give it to her and we love it. You know, we love it. I love the fact that each one of them have their own thing. Right. And when they tell me that this is what they want, or even when I see it in them, they may not see it in themselves, but I see it in them. I'm a cultivator. Yes. That's where the investment goes. That's where the time goes. That's where the, cause you know, you have to make them think it's their idea when it yeah, comes to of kids. Course. <laughs> so, of course. It's like, oh, and, um, I want, what? You're doing a great job. Yeah. And just all your kids, they have a great role model to look up to. So there'll be no excuse for them. And they're, they're doing a great job. Um, we are getting ready to wrap up but before we go as i ask every guest do you have any final advice for current project manager professionals that may be struggling in the business oh wow well you know another part of what i do is i coach project managers all day long Mm -hmm. Um, literally i had a coaching call this morning and i have to talk people off the ledge (laughs) okay with great response with great money comes great responsibility if i'm paying you a hundred plus a year, I expect you to have solutions and answers. Right. That's a high expectation. And we want the opportunity and the expectation, but sometimes um, die trying. And I'm a firm believer in you don't have to try. You have to show up. And what I mean by show up is show up. There will be people who you work with that, and this is just the reality of project management, who have a sense of entitlement, who have a sense of jealousy, who have a sense of let me micromanage you because because of the way you look and talk. I don't mm-hmm. feel like you are giving me what I need, you know, so they may micromanage and that may get annoying. But when it's annoying to a point where you're taking it home, when it's annoying to a point where the person that needs your clap back is not getting it and you're clapping back at your family and your friends and everybody else in your life, yes. that's when it's unhealthy. So one of the things that I help the project managers do is let's find your gap. What is your gap? Because that gap is your insecurity. And when other people pull on it and pick at it, it drains you. Mm. It, 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 it takes the life out of you and then you're not showing up. You may show up, but you're showing up in your imposter, right? Wow. So it's getting rid of that facade. Because remember I told you when you're vulnerable, people will teach. Yes. You chew the meat and spit out the yes, bone. Yes, they will. Chew the meat and spit out the, bone. the bones. But that does require you to have a sense of self-awareness where you're not taking it so personal because if it's something about what I'm supposed to do that I don't know, and if I keep that a blind spot, I'll never learn. Put the pause on that. Yes. <laughs> wow, man. You I'm don't telling you. continue having blind spots and mm-hmm. want multiple those blind spots are there for a reason because when you when you can see now and you could be more cautious in terms of how you're driving you could be more certain and confident that you're in the right lane doing the right thing when you're supposed to do it but if you constantly have blind spots that uh you don't want to see you don't want to grow through you hear me say grow through (laughs) you have to grow through them You have to make the appropriate adjustment in your mirror so you can start seeing them. Um, And that mirror, anytime we say the word mirror, you need to think about, you know, yourself and you're always looking for a way to grow. So that's my takeaway. It's as a project manager, you're looking for ways to grow. Stay good at what you know and look for ways to grow. Okay, before we go. 
I need you to answer a few questions for my lightning round. Now, Mag, these are quick answers, and you're just going to have at it and have fun. You ready? Yeah, ready. All right, let's go. If you were able to go back in time, how young would you be? 15. Netflix or movie theater? Netflix. Favorite movie? The Five Heartbeats. Mm. One thing you've learned from Dr. Cindy Trim? Kingdom. Favorite word? Resource. What is your jam? All I do is win, 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 no matter what, what. Hey. <laughs> Least up. favorite thing about parenting? <laughs> Least favorite thing. Least disrespect. Yes. <laughs> Good. All right. I want you to stamp your motto. I am the almighty. All powerful, large and in charge project manager. Woo. One word to describe you. <laughs> I was about to say resourceful because that's like my big thing but I think I said that already that's okay um, what is your favorite time of the day 1 o'clock 1 o'clock and last but not least if there was one thing in the world that you could change right now what would that be racism You know what, if you really sit back and think about it, aren't we all project managers? I mean, rather we're parents, nine to five workers, on the job managers, or even entrepreneurs. We all have managed some type of project, but are you a certified professional? When you have the PMP certification and the letters PMP beside your name, that's what makes you stand out and get paid amongst other professionals that need your services. All right, so if this sounds like you and you are ready to place that seal of excellence on what you are essentially already doing, visit acsprofessionalinc.com. And don't worry, I'll link everything down below. Now, she's also big with LinkedIn. She loves LinkedIn. So just make sure when you visit that uh, website that you type in her name, Magdalene Harvey. And I'll, again, I'll link everything down below. Now, as for me, you can keep up with Coach T by visiting cu-nw.com. And remember, it is not until you are truly fed up that you will change up. But after you changed up, then what? We'll see you guys next year. Can't wait.